The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to attain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and the third they stoned. Again, he sent other servants, more numerous than the first one, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir, come. Let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper time. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. My sincerest apologies for being tardy, being late. The snow in Portola was just traffic ahead. Yeah, just plowed the roads. I was waiting. No, we had confirmations this morning. The third and final group. So we split up our confirmation class to, to three different groups to spread out everybody in order to abide by the COVID restrictions, of course. So we finished our last group and of course, you know, after confirmation we gotta take the photos and we gotta gotta look pretty for those photos. So I was busy taking photos and I and I had to rush out over here. And then last night again, we had another group, a beautiful confirmation. More of our young people were confirmed. So yesterday and today, we had 16 confirmed. In addition to what happened Saturday, we had our confirmation group for Loyalton, but it was held in Portola. And so praise the Lord. Now I'm kind of relieved. No more confirmation for a while. So good. It's tiring, but praise the Lord. I'm so joyful. Last Saturday, of course, we had our 
our confirmation for loyalty and so many of our families from here. After confirmation, I was invited to, to go to with the Filipinos because Mia got confirmed. And so we went over to the drifter's table right, to celebrate because we can't have big grand parties. Normally, when we have confirmation, we'll have a big reception in the hall. But of course, COVID had destroyed that. So, so everybody had their own different their own different celebration. And it was a beautiful night. So we got to Drifter's table. You might as well called it the Catholic table that night. Why? Because we got there, of course, the Filipinos were there. And then behind us, and was it wasn't planned. It wasn't planned at all. We had the Hensons who were celebrating as well. So Lily and Kate Henson and all of their family were there too. The men that came for the confirmation. And then also the Brockers were there because, you know, uh, Lily also received confirmation. So they had one big, long table. So we dominated the patio. <laughs> and then when you go inside, and lo and behold, the Genassis were there. And so it was just, it was like, wow, look at this beautiful scene. The weather was perfect. The wine was flowing. Oh, it was a beautiful night. I don't know about those who were present there. There was a deep, a deep joy in my heart. And I wasn't drunk because I was holding my first glass of wine, so, don't, so don't, I'm not blaming the wine. Getting drunk is wrong, by the way. It's all about balance. Right? We're not like the other religions where no alcohol. No, it's all about being virtuous and being, having balance. So it wasn't the wine. There are a few moments where I just sat there and this deep joy just radiated from my heart. The laughter, the conversation. And I asked myself, I said, why am I so happy right now? Why? Just because it was a glimpse of heaven. It was a glimpse of heaven there at the drifter's table. Because in the book of Revelation, what does God describe heaven? He describes it as a wedding banquet. When all the family and friends come together and they celebrate, don't they? And I thought about, okay, is this the same thing as just when we gather together, say, say, with, with our friends who, you know, the golf club. Is that the same joy that, you know, we gather together because of some, some beautiful occasion? Say, the same team when we gather together to watch our team play in, the, in, in a pivotal Super Bowl game and gather together. I said, no, I mean, that's fun. Or we gather together as, as a Rotary Club, you know, we have celebration here in the hall from time to time. I said, is that the same joy there? that happened at the drifter's table after confirmation. I said, no, that's, that's fun too. What made that night different than all the other gatherings that we normally have as, as a people? And I think the answer was clear. We were celebrating God. That is what brought everybody together there that evening. That is what brought us all there. We were there to celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit, 
that Mia received, Lily, Kate, the other Lily, Seth, Adrian, Molly, Kate, Gus. We were celebrating that day because at that, that moment we were celebrating God, who was the foundation of that night. And that is what heaven is. God willing, we all make it there. It is this wedding feast, this wedding banquet, this joy gathered together as brothers and sisters whose sole purpose is God. And I thought, how can we deepen this? Because I'm telling you the joy that I felt there was not a mere passing joy like everything else, but it was a deeply rooted joy. And I said, how can we get that more? And it is when each and every single one of us focuses our attention to what St. Paul is speaking about here. My brothers and sisters, Paul writes, he says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, and if there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things, then the peace of God will be with you. What is Paul talking about here? What do you think it is? Because it's not the things which we constantly distract our lives with, by the way. What are the four classical substitutes of God that we all, I, I harp you on all the time? Money, power, honor, pleasure. The classical substitutes we fill our that restless hearts with in, as, in opposition to God. Paul's saying no. Rather, focus on God. And so, to continue that joy, I think what it will take is that if each and every single one of us lives out the passion and the adventure of the Christian life more intensely, if more of us had deepened, again, I'm preaching to myself here, if I was a better Christian, more converted, holier, more devout, more prayerful, then now all of a sudden the foundation of my life becomes Jesus Christ. And then my interaction with you, who also whose sole foundation in your life is God, now then when we build our relationships, what happens? We're connected through God himself. Do, do, you see, do you see a civilization now? How that looks differently than one that's built rather on power, honor, pleasure. And the pursuit of just these worldly things. Do you see the contrast there? And that is why Paul is, is earnestly telling the Philippians, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think about these things. He's thinking about the faith. When each of us on our own personal level deepens our faith and takes a walk, this Christian walk, more intensely, our relationships now will be only grow deeper. And what's beautiful about this now is that we have a great opportunity in this parish. We've had a great run. You know, every month we've been doing every first 
weekend, we have 24-hour adoration. We've been doing that for two years, praise the Lord. And that is hard to do. Why? <laughs> because it's always, you know, in, uh, you know, when you try to plan out the schedule, the easy hours are always taken, right? The first ones, you know, during, during the day, which is absolutely. But the hard ones are the midnight, the 1 a.m., the 2 a.m., the 3 a.m., the 4 a.m., the 5 a.m. Those early morning hours when everybody is resting comfortably in bed. And then you, especially in wintertime, you got to get up. Especially if it's snowing, you got to plow your car out the, dig out your car, you got to drive over here, slipping and sliding in the middle of the night when it's freezing cold. And I think that is one of the most powerful, beautiful graces that we have. And so, I want to keep this going. So I want to challenge us, especially to take, well, praise the Lord for those who have already signed up and are continuing, have always done the past two years. But I want to invite those who have not yet signed up and, and dedicated an hour, two hours of adoration here in the church, praying on behalf of the world, especially those harder hours. You know, we have a parishioner here who sometimes prays three hours, four hours, because unfortunately we were unable to fill the blocks. And so somebody has to cover. And so we have heroic parishioners that will pray three or four hours there. And so I want to keep this going. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. And so I'm not just going to preach and do nothing about it. So I am willing, and I'll, and I'll, make, I'll make this pronouncement so that I will challenge myself that way, because if I only said it to myself, I'm not going to do it. I'll take one of those early hours. Early Sunday morning. Sign me up. Hmm? Even though I have to get up three hours later and I have mass in Portola. So I prepare you. If my homilies are, are horrible, then it's because I only had two hours of sleep that night. But praise the Lord. The Christian walk is supposed to be hard. The Christian walk isn't for, for wimps, by the way. We've built an entire civilization. Do you think 2,000 years of Christian history was built by wimps? No. Everything in life that's worth doing is hard. So is a Christian walk. If that means sleeping less one weekend a month, sign me up. That's nothing compared to our persecuted brothers and sisters right now who can't go to Mass because they'll die if they go to Mass. Can I get up and sacrifice sleep? Sure, I won't be as pretty. I won't be as rested. But I offer that sacrifice to God. Because I'm a sinner. And so I want to keep the 24-hour adoration going. But we need your help. We need more people to sign up. Especially those hard hours. Because I, I think the prize is so much more beautiful than anything in the world can, can give. And if hanging out at the Catholic table with my brothers and sisters celebrating with just a tiny glimpse of heaven and sacrificing a few hours of sleep a night, it's worth it. So please sign up. Even if, the, if there's already somebody else already there, sign up again too. More people praying, the better.
So I'm telling you the joy that was there that night. It was beautiful. And they can happen every single day if our hearts were converted. We thought more of whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious. If there's anything excellent and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Then the God of peace will be with you. In the name of the Father, and Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.